You're listening to Watching Friends on the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find more great shows like this one, visit greenlitpodcast.com. I'm Mark. I'm Ryan. And we're going to be exploring Friends, the TV show, not our lack of them though, uh, going through every episode and discussing everything about it from different scenes to history and our own personal thoughts on it. Um, so we're going to start off with uh, a bit of our history with the TV show Friends. Uh, so Ryan, why don't you start? Well, I don't remember a time when I haven't been watching Friends. Um, it initially aired in the UK in 95. Um, I'd have been nine, so I don't remember if I was watching it when it came out. I just don't know that since I started watching Friends, there hasn't been a time where I've not been watching Friends. It's always on. I'm always going to it. Yeah, it's just c- continually around, basically. Yeah, so, so same for me. I, I remember uh, probably around you know, 96, 97, I was more aware of Friends um, from Friends at school because I'm a similar age to you. Uh, but it wasn't something that I was particularly into at the time. Uh, it's more something that I got into probably in the early 2000s. And, and again, like you, it's just always on, uh, whether it was Channel 4, Comedy Central, or now 5 uh, in the UK, those TV channels. It's just always on in the background. Uh, it's just nice comfort TV. Yeah, it's uh, a great way to describe it. It's just, <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, I'll put friends on. Well, yeah, I, and I think a lot of people listening to this will probably be the same with us. So they're just like, I'll just put it on. Like, you don't necessarily have to uh, be involved in it or pay attention to the story. You just just nice jokes and you know, familiarity, I guess. Yeah, I have a lot of memories of there was a particular channel in the UK that would air two episodes of Friends a day, every day. And once it went from start to finish, it would just start again and yes. just, just loop the seasons. Um, and my sister would watch every episode every day and I'd be sat there reading sometimes, but they'd almost on cue, I'd hear the joke in my head and start giggling along because I wasn't actively paying attention, but we've all seen it so many times that you know when the punchline's coming. So. Exactly. And, and, you know, the, the jokes never kind of get old. Uh, you know, you just enjoy them over and over again. Exactly. Right, I guess on to the first episode title then. The one where Monica gets a roommate, uh, which was also known as The Pilot, and the first one, and the one where it all began. So it has four <laughs> titles. Uh, and this uh, first aired in the US in September 94, so we got it quite a bit later. Yeah, it, uh, it's almost odd to like modern audiences, I guess, that you had to wait for television for this long. Like Everything's so on demand nowadays that the idea of waiting for an air date must seem quite odd. Well, yeah, in, in the UK, a lot of our stuff was quite behind. Like Simpsons was quite behind. Uh, but Friends caught up in the end. So like we saw the finale when the Americans saw it as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess... Uh, you know, we should start right at the beginning and start by talking about the, the title sequence. Uh, so it's actually filmed on a studio set, which I'm sure most of you know this. Uh, and it has the famous title music by the Rembrandts, yep. uh, who didn't want to uh, do the song uh, until their record label forced them to put it on their latest album at the time, knowing it's going to be the biggest thing ever. Yeah, that explains why it was so difficult for me to find that release as a single as a kid. <laughs> I was like, I really <laughs> bought it on CD and just could find it nowhere. No, you, you could only buy it really as the, the full album, because let's be honest, do many people remember the Rembrandts besides Friends? No, I would, I would imagine that most people don't even know that they did it, and they just know the Friends song. Yeah. Uh, and this is also the only time you see the full title sequence in full. Um, any other time you actually see uh, clips from the show interspersed with it. Uh, and that's basically because the, the, the executives 
didn't think the friends were that welcoming because there's a bunch of like beautiful young people having fun in the fountain. You're not invited sort of thing. Uh, so they compromised and they had like that plus the clips in the show. Fair. No, like, going back and watching this episode, that was really apparent that obviously it's just the fountain scene. And I was like, oh, this is so cool to see in like in all its glory yeah. because you're so used to snippets. Well, and, and the weird thing is, you know, this, this title sequence is the same for its whole like 10 year run. And the characters look a lot different over those 10 years because they, they would have been in what their early to mid 20s yeah. at the start. And then obviously 10 years later, aged quite a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> um, but also to go back to the Rembrandts, they, they chose that because the, the creators of the show, they wanted a song that you could hear on the radio rather than just like a generic theme tune or whatever. Um, okay, and, sense. And, and they pulled it off definitely because like you hear it on the radio and it sounds like a radio song does it sound like a tv show theme tune no it doesn't yeah, it is just a song uh so yeah so let's get on uh to our first clip okay everybody relax this is not even a date it's just two people going out to dinner and not having sex sounds like a date to me <laughs> So yeah, our first scene is all the gang in Central Park sitting on the famous couch, which is you know, a great place to start, I think. Yeah, it's, it's basically a trope now, but <laughs> it was new back then. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's an interesting cafe. So it, it was actually based off of um, a cafe they called Insomnia Cafe, which is also another title name for the show Friends. Uh-huh. Uh, and they wanted something that was, you know, not, not Soho, New York kind of fancy place they want to sound a bit more grungy oh, i guess uh yeah which is why you have all the stuff everywhere the sofa in there uh which is a bit weird now because every cafe you go into now looks like the <laughs> central, set, park. central <laughs> park, doesn't it um but we learn a lot about each character uh before we even learn any of their names uh, so like phoebe being weird chandler being the funny one and so on yeah and i found that quite interesting because normally shows are like hey let's introduce each character up front here's who they are here's their stats someone walks into the room and it's like oh hi mark or whoever yeah. and you're like oh okay now we know who this is uh so you know there, there was a lot of differences between the characters um between the uh, the pilot being made and like the creation of it uh so you know phoebe is weird but she was also meant to live with different guys and crash on people's couches so she didn't have a home of her own okay um, so Ross was meant to be Monica's younger brother. No, I wouldn't like that. No. no. Uh, Joey and Monica were meant to be the love interest before the actors were hired. No, I had that idea. One thing that struck me watching the episode was, obviously having seen Friends many times, it, I noticed when I rewatched the first episode that the episode starts with both Monica and Chandler, who are arguably the most stable couple for the whole series, discussing how poor their love lives were. And I don't know if that was deliberate foreshadowing or what, but it was kind of like, it was quite nice to me that the one solid couple at the end of Friends were the two people discussing their issues with love lives at the start. Yeah, because you, you do notice in the first series especially that Chandler and Monica are friends. Yeah. Like, they, they are almost best friends who have known each other for a while and just, just platonic, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there's no hint of romance there, but, no. you know, it's how these things start, I guess. Uh, but, you know, Joey and Monica could have worked, but obviously, you know, they, they found their actors and, and figured out who it was. But in hindsight, you're like, oh, no, that would be terrible. But who knows, right, if they had different people playing Joey or they played Joey differently. Yeah, so it's all in the writing, really. Like, if they instead of wrote it well, it might have worked. But, you know, we know Monica and Joey and Chandler as the characters who spent 15 seasons watching. Hi there, uh, Future Mark here. Just to uh, correct Ryan there, there's 10 seasons in uh, Friends. I was stupid because I thought leaving this in would be kind of funny. 
and uh, we've realised with all the uh, messages that we've got that um, actually everyone takes it far more seriously than us. Um, yep, stupid slip of the, the tongue, I'm guessing, from Ryan. He knows there's 10. Definitely knows there's 10. I hope he does. He knows there's four claps intro. Uh, but yeah, uh, just wanted to correct everyone. Slip of the tongue. Uh, hopefully that'll be our last mistake. <laughs> I'm sure there's a few more, but... Uh, so the idea of it just kind of rubs you the wrong way. You'd be like, oh no, we don't want that, thank you. Exactly. And, and you know, in my mind, Joey is the best friend. And I'm sure we'll discuss this uh, in a future podcast, which, which are the best friends. <laughs> Already disagreeing, we'll, we'll save it. <laughs> um, but, you know, Joey was meant to be uh, a bit of a, not an idiot, but a, a bit more ruder, I guess. Uh, so he was meant to like hit on Monica Moore and she would like spurn his advances and, you know, he would call her rude names. Like every time she'd be like, oh, you know, I can't get a man. And he'd be like, well, you know, it's your fault, um, which is which I'm glad they didn't go with. I like the nicer tone that we, we got, especially out of Joey. See, I, I, I was watching it in quite harsh on Joey. In terms of it. I think a lot of his jokes didn't land for me and made him look like quite a mean person. Yeah, I think they could have gone a lot worse with it, though, based on what they initially had in mind for him. I mean, knowing that was the plan, it kind of, I guess it kind of lands well, given what we got. But not knowing that, Joey doesn't come across well to me in this episode at all. Uh, so Chandler was also meant to date very strange women. So at first they would be fine. And then it would turn out that they're like uh, Satanists or, you know, they're into like weird stuff sort of thing. That was meant to be like his thing. He would always just find weird women to date. It's funny that that was the kind of the plan for him and then we got Janice later on so, <laughs> yes. so like, like all the plans they had they kept elements which is quite cool oh, oh definitely because there are points where Chandler is like dating women it's like oh she's got a massive forehead or, or whatever and like maybe that's a hint yeah, towards it yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a full ensemble show uh, so there is no main character unlike other shows so uh, like Seinfeld for example you know it's an ensemble cast but Seinfeld is the main character yeah, same with Frasier and yeah. Exactly. Anything that's got the name of the person. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which was quite unique for the time, but I think now you you see it like the Big Bang Theory and stuff like that. They, yeah, it's, or how many more You don't really do main characters anymore because it just doesn't work as well. It's not very really naturalistic. No. Uh, David Swimmer was always the the first actor they wanted for Ross. They 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 wrote the part of him in mind. Um, Lisa was cast next uh, after a part in uh, Mad About You, which she played a, played a character called Ursula. Uh, which obviously we know comes about later on in the series as she has a twin sister, uh, which they actually did because they thought people would find it weird that they saw her half an hour earlier because uh, Mad About You aired before Friends. Cool. Um, people were like, well, hang on, how's she in this show as a waitress? And that's how they, they, they got around that. Um, there was, I don't, there's a cool Mad About You cameo in later seasons as well. Yes. Where the characters pop up and you're like, oh, nice. Let's bring it all full circle network. And I'm not sure they needed to do that, but I've never seen Mad About You. I've, well, I've watched, you know, I watched a lot of it back in the day, but it's not something I ever went back to. It was good. It wasn't Friends good, but it was good. Uh, Chandler's role was actually the most difficult to cast, though, because uh, they, they did actually want Matthew Perry, um, but he was already in another pilot, and they didn't want to, to cast someone who they may lose, which is, you know, understandable. Uh, that was until they heard what the show was about, which was about baggage handlers in the year 2020. <laughs> so, so they risked it and took him on knowing uh, that probably wasn't going to be picked up. Yeah, it's a safe bet, I'd imagine. I, I want to know how anyone funded a show about baggage handlers in the year 2020. Yeah, it makes Joey's mac and cheese sound like a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Aniston, she was also risked because she was actually already on a TV show, uh, but they thought it flop, would flop. Yeah. Um, so again, they was like, let's take a risk and get her in. Uh, and it did flop, so it uh, worked out well for them. 
So, yeah, uh, I guess we should get on to our next clip and actually uh, start getting into the storyline now. I've had a, a bit of history about the characters. Yeah. I'll be fine, all right? Really, everyone, I hope she'll be very happy. No, you don't. No, I don't. To hell with her, she left me. <laughs> and you never knew she was a lesbian. <laughs> no, okay? Why does everyone keep fixating on that? <laughs> She didn't know. How should I know? Sometimes I wish I was a lesbian. So, yeah, I, I'd totally forgotten uh, Ross's wife being a lesbian was right at the start of the very first episode. Okay, now I remember it being earlier. Yeah, so, and, you know, you've got to think at the time, 94, uh, talking about people being gay uh, was not something that you really saw on TV. No, just saying lesbian would have been like a watershed moment. Like, yep. oh my God, like, what are they talking about? Uh, let alone, you know, talking about his, his wife has left him for another woman and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, that, that's quite interesting. They go into it straight away. Uh, before you even know what the show is, like the first scene is just them sitting there casually chatting. Like there's no, nothing really there in the first scene um, to push the story forward. It's just, you know, six friends, just casual, or five friends, just casually chatting there uh, just about stuff. Yeah, it really works though because rather than having like laboured introductions to who everyone is, you're immediately into their world, and it's like you've just stepped into Central Park, watching these people's lives unfold, and it's it's just really naturalistic and works really really well. Right, exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's that's what stands out to me really. Um, but another fact here: so instead of getting with uh, uh, Susan, uh, she actually was meant to get with a woman called Debbie. I don't know why they changed the name, uh, but you know, just a little fact there. Uh, then we have uh, Rachel entering with her, her wedding dress. So, yeah, so we've got Rachel entering with her wedding dress, um, and she tells us how she left her wedding. Uh, but this is like an iconic moment of her entering the scene, really. It is. I mean, it's followed by Russ delivering a line that he doesn't want to be single, he wants to be married, and then in walks, runaway bride, Rachel. <laughs> it's just great timing and then, and then Sean just goes I want a million dollars <laughs> it doesn't work out for Sean unfortunately uh, but in the original pitch uh, Rachel was meant to have gotten high with her maid of honour Mindy oh okay uh, which I guess would have been very interesting for the time as well because you know talking about getting high and weed and stuff like that is, is probably on the same level as, as being gay for like the TV standards of the time yeah, especially on network TV yeah there's another interesting moment about this introduction as well, because Monica wasn't actually invited to Rachel's wedding, which I, I didn't get uh, until this latest watch of it. Yeah. Um, you realise, oh, actually, Monica is not invited. That's really awkward. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially as an adult where you've, you know, been to weddings or may not have been invited to it, you've got like a personal investment as an adult you wouldn't have had as a kid. Uh, okay, awkward. But, uh, you know, they, they did actually write it that Monica was actually going to be more harsh towards Rachel. Uh, I feel like, you know, you can see from this scene that basically they haven't been friends for a long time. They, after high school, college, whatever, they've gone their separate ways, yeah. which was always going to happen because they come from like two different backgrounds, really. That's fair. I mean, everyone has friends in high school they grew apart from. Um, not necessarily shady, just life happens. Uh, we then end up at a very purple apartment. Yeah. It's become extremely iconic as the show goes on. Uh, and the creators here, they wanted a show that was full of colour, unlike every other show at the time, being, bla uh, being bland and uh, making the actors stand out. So they wanted it just filled with stuff. So, you know, the characters would still stand out, but not as much because they wanted the sets to be 
telling their own story as well. I mean, it looked lived in. It looked like people actually lived there. Yeah. Spent time there as opposed to this bland kind of showroom-esque set you could have. Exactly. Uh, and outside Monica's apartment, so you know you've got the, the massive window that you look out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look closely in the first like few episodes, um, they didn't actually have a budget for that background. So they just had a very simple painted flat one rather than a 3D one. Oh, I didn't um, so you will notice like the scenery changes out there. Um, but let's get on to our next clip. It's like all of my life, everyone has always told me, you're a shoe. You're a shoe, you're a shoe, you're a shoe. And then today I just stopped and I said, what if I don't want to be a shoe? What if I want to be a, a purse, you know, or, 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 or a hat? No, I don't want you to buy me a hat. I'm saying that I am a hat. It's a metaphor, daddy. <laughs> So, yeah, Rachel's dad is really weird in this show. So, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about him a lot later on when he appears. Yeah. Uh, but whenever he's on the phone to Rachel, he seems like he's willing to, like, just throw his money at his daughters. Yeah, I mean, you actually meet him. He's a lot more stern and, yeah, acting more like a parent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he, he seems very gruff and very into, you know, you need to, like, pay your way forward. Whereas on, you know, especially in this phone call, he's like... Oh, I'll just buy your happiness. Yeah, given that your daughter's just kind of, I guess, technically embarrassed you and the entire family by abandoning her fiancé on the altar, not really a time I'd be wanting to throw cash around. <laughs> What's no. going on? Especially as he has probably paid for the wedding as well, yeah. as, as the tradition would have been. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's quite interesting. Uh, we also get Joey uh, hitting on Rachel for the first time. So let's uh, give that a quick listen. Hey, you need anything. You can always come to Joey. Me and Chandler live right across the hall. And he's away a lot. Joey, stop hitting on her. It's her wedding day. What? Like there's a rule or something? Uh, so, yeah, you, you don't kind of like Joey in uh, these episodes. There's only like one Joey line that's later on in the episode we'll get to that I like. Um, this just seems crass. It just seems he's so kind of two-dimensional to me at this point where he's just like, oh, let's talk about women and sex and oh, that's me. And I know it's the pilot and you gotta give the writers some slack that you know, haven't really got time to develop the character. But Joey in this episode compared to Joey in later seasons is like a completely different person. He's a nice guy later on in the show who's still, you know, a bit of a player. But in the first episode, he's just, I just don't like him <laughs> at all. But this scene reminds me of one thing that I always thought about Friends where it's this... I don't know if it's ever a sitcom trope in general, but it's something I only ever notice in Friends, is that this is one of the only times sound in that apartment travels from the kitchen to the sofa area. So Rachel's on the phone to her dad. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone on the sofa's listening. And yet in the same episode, Monica drags, or in the next episode, Monica drags Ross away to have a secret conversation. And no one that's four foot away can hear them (laughs) anymore. And this is weird out of frame, out of earshot thing. And it's always, always apparent to me in Friends. Every episode I'm like, oh, so, of course, they can't hear that because they're on the sofa again. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Why am I being stripped when it's going, oh, my God, the sound's traveling for the whole apartment. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's quite a nice play here. You, you get all the friends together now um, and you, you really get a feel for every character straight away. Like, Joey with just, like, that line, you know what his type of character is. Yeah. You know who Rachel is straight away. Yeah, like when you're setting up the tropes of, you know, like, who's this person? Yep. You've got it almost immediately for everyone. But, but it's not even really obvious. It's not like, oh, Monica, why don't you do some cleaning right now? Because you're a clean freak. Like, it's, it's quite well done. Um, but it is kind of interesting how Joey does hit on Rachel without using his famous line yet. It's true, he doesn't. Well, I mean, it'd be a bit of a, like, Joey's not the brightest. <laughs> no. 
bauble round, but the same time, how are you doing in the middle of crying about your wedding? I mean, Joey's got more game than that, to be fair. I don't know. I, f- I feel like he has done worse in the past, but... Probably. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Paul the wine guy turns up. So uh, the show is very sexual from the start. Uh, for the first couple series, like every time uh, the, the show starts, they are talking about sex or relationships or whatever. Uh, so obviously we started out with the Monica talking about her not a date. Yep. Is it a date thing? Uh, her date turns up, Paul the wine guy, uh, and it introduces us to the first of many, many relationships the characters have. Yeah. Uh, I think it's over 170 Good Lord. <laughs> between them. <laughs> it's uh, a busy 15 seasons. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Um, you know, but this is quite modern for the time because, you know, back on the TV show then, uh, especially American networks wanted very Christian type values, I guess. But they didn't want people who, you know, just hooked up with people. Yeah, it was just, no, married. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, I so love yeah. this scene because it, it sings so true to life. When the person you're dating or have got a crush on or appears, all of your friends a nightmare they couldn't be more <laughs> embarrassing and cringeworthy if they try it and this scene sets it up perfectly because they're all like Chandler's all like Paul is it and they're just <laughs> all stood there looking around the door lined up and it's really awkward that's what friends are like in real life yep. I've, you guys have all done that when I've had a girl around or there's been a girl around I've got a crush on you're always a nightmare all friends are a nightmare and to me that's cemented these guys are friends yeah you, you don't want to introduce your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend to your friends in a big group. No. Because <laughs> it'll Select, be a bad impression. <laughs> Selected orders. <Yeah. laughs> like the best one first, then you weed in the rest of yeah. them as you go. You'd be like, my friends are fine. No, they're all good. Because, like, you know, if you, if you met all these in one go, you'd be like, they are weird. Yeah, especially when it's a new relationship. You're like, you've all got stories, but it's not ready for my date to hear. Yeah. So <laughs> you've got to wait a while. Uh, we then end up at Ross's single man apartment uh, as the guys build some Swedish furniture. Uh, they discuss Carol and relationships. Um, you know, it's a it's a pretty empty scene, I guess. Yeah, it's not particularly exciting, is it? And then, you know, Monica actually goes uh, on her date with Paul. But going back to, to Ross and that, they, they, you know, they discuss, you know, how Ross needs to look for other women. Uh, so let's hear that. You know what the scariest part is? What if there's only one woman for everybody, you know? I mean, what if you get one woman and that's it? Unfortunately, in my case, there was only one woman for her. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Great I, joke. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic line. Um, obviously, we find out there isn't one woman for, for everyone in the show. Ross, Ross goes through quite a few women. He does. Um, but obviously, there is the one. The one, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it, I guess you could say it kind of works out in the end, sort of, for him. I guess they get there in the end, I suppose. Um, yeah, I just like that whole scene. That line's the only reason to watch that scene, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's very funny. Um, almost sounds like a Chandler line. Like, there are some times in Friends where a character says something, and I'm like, was that originally going to be a line for this character that, that someone put in, but they gave Ross something to do? Yeah, because Chandler is obviously always played as the guy who can never really get the women because he's not attractive enough. And Ross is being like that now, where he's like, you know, I've never, I've only been with one woman ever. You know, no woman will ever want me. Like, he's just too neurotic over it. It's like, okay, yes. Your relationships broke up. It's not what you wanted, uh, but you know you've you've got the rest of your life ahead of you uh, because you know he met her when he was young. They got married young. Like he hasn't experienced the world at all. No. And Ross is the guy that women kind of fall for for some reason. 
and then you put some off somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because when you look at the group, you've got Ross who finds a way to ruin things. You've got Joey who is nothing but successful with what he wants with women, and then Chandler who is the polar opposite. So I guess you've got Ross in the middle as this nice, nice counterpoint. Yeah. But yeah, somehow Ross gets a parade of very beautiful women and somehow ruins it. Yeah, he he always finds a way to uh, overthink it, I guess. Like, I can't remember off my head how he ruined Julie, but I remember really liking Julie as a character in later seasons. And I'm like, how does that end? Uh, uh, he, that ends because of Rachel. And what's the rock out? I'm surprised, I suppose. So but <laughs> like Ross and Julie, I was like, yeah. But yeah, so, so Monica goes on her date with Paul. Uh, this was actually made uh, a bit differently in the, the script. So it's going to play out a little bit differently. Uh, where she was just going to be, you know, wanting to hook up with him. She didn't want a relationship. Uh, but again, the execs came in, said they didn't want it. Um, it was like, you know, we don't want people looking at, at her and thinking that, you know, she's this this type of woman Fair. who just meets guys, sleeps with them, and then disappears. Um, it's odd because normally network interference sounds like a bad thing, and you're like, no, but just let the people make their show. But given it's the first episode, having two promiscuous characters, and I guess it's the 90s, so, you know, it's not wouldn't have been overly acceptable for a woman to be that promiscuous character... It's weird how much did their network actually help the show? Well, the, the interesting thing is they actually uh, got an audience in and surveyed them. Most audience said, no, we're fine with her being like that because that's how people are. Like, yeah. this is the mid-90s. Okay. Yeah. People are like that. Um, I think it got toned down a little bit because she's all, she is going, there will be another date. So she is keen to see him again. And she mentions it's the fifth date and so on. Yeah. This, um, this whole scene was a huge culture shock to me, both back in the day and now. Sexual performance or your inability to do so <laughs> that Paul tells her, which we later find out is a line and isn't true. Yeah. But that conversation in general at a restaurant, I was like, good Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> are Americans really like this? Why are they so open? Well, well the spit take, you know, like apparently they, they took her like a hundred shots to get the spit take right. Really? That was they picked? As yeah. Awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just dribbled out of her face. <laughs> like, no, it wasn't a good spit take. Uh, but, but, you know, you, you would because that's not something you bring up in polite conversation over dinner, is it? Well, that's what I found out about it because she has this spit take but then the rest of the conversation about you know, the, the, his sexual inability to perform just kind of unfolds naturally I'm like who has this conversation yeah. in public especially on the first date it was just been like British people wouldn't wouldn't do that no. like I probably wouldn't have that conversation with, my, with you guys you know, my close <laughs> personal <laughs> friends <laughs> so I wouldn't talk about it. Americans are like we'll just have a similar conversation in public with a person I've just met but, but as I said earlier like that's the interesting thing about the, this first series in particular is how open they are about sex and how people act in the real world because a lot of TV shows for the time weren't like that. They were homely. It was like, you know, you have 2.4 children, don't you? And it's all nice and perfect. Your little white, white picket fence. Uh, whereas this is the gritty, I guess, reality of like losing jobs and relationships and etc. cetera. I suppose it was just, oh my God, I was like, you don't talk about this at a restaurant. Just don't. Well, I think now is time for our first ad break. So we'll see you after the break. <laughs> and we're back, folks, with another episode of Nasty Labs. Nasty Labs. It's a show hosted by me, Kinsey Burke, and my dumbass friend, Mark. Nasty Labs. This twice-monthly show about game development, Japan life, being nice to people, and hey, maybe a few other things. Nasty, Nasty Labs, Labs is a product of Chuhai Labs Brand Incorporated, and now available for three easy payments of four twenty sixty nine, only on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey Lassie, what are you doing here? Timmy's in a well. 
Sequelcast 2 and Friends is a podcast looking at movies in a franchise, one film at a time, like Harry Potter, Hellraiser, and The Hobbit. And sometimes the hosts talk about video games and TV as well. And now it's part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Oh, Lassie, we don't need to rescue Timmy. He likes the well well enough, I guess. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Lassie, I told you to lay off the spoilers. So we're back. I hope you enjoyed that ad break, uh, just much like Friends. Uh, interestingly, th- this is where the ad break would be in the UK version. So UK TV shows generally have the advert break in the middle of the episode, roughly. Yep. Uh, American TV, I don't know how you guys watch it, where you have the end of a show goes into the next show and then an advert break after like the first minute. You have the opening scene. And then, so I guess if, if it was American TV, you'd have the... Opening scene of them chatting about relationships and then Chandler's all, sounds like a date to me. Yep. Advert break. Then the title. Yep. And then two more minutes of show, then an advert break. <laughs> and then and then you get, yeah, the advert breaks are weird and break up the show. This this works quite well. So uh, hopefully you enjoy our adverts as well. Uh, check out those other podcasts. Uh, so yeah, Paul um, manages to end up staying the night with Monica because for some reason women like a challenge, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, you know, it'd be quite a, uh, a pride thing of like, well, he can't perform, but I'll get him to perform, you know, bragging rights. Uh, and at this point, we actually learn uh, what jobs they have. Uh, Chandler brilliantly just explains what his job is without actually telling us what it is. Yeah. <laughs> which, which you can't ever mention Chandler's job without thinking of that Tra- episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're immediately like, Transpanster! <laughs> when the second he mentioned it, I was like, yes, classics. So it's, it's great that Friends has jokes in it later on that small make a reference or a joke in an earlier season and your brain kind of gets all this kind of time love of comedy and I got a big laugh out of that line which is funny but then I got all the extra bonus laughter from the way it's funny later yeah. on so it was great and, and you know they, they talk about you know uh, Joey is an actor and he tries to big up yeah I'm an actor and then friends immediately come and go actually <laughs> you had only seen him at a children's play <laughs> yeah, well, again friends are horrible to Joey this show is so good because they immediately all look like actual friends. Uh, so yeah, let, let's hear that line. All right, kids, I gotta get to work. If I don't input those numbers, doesn't make much of a difference. <laughs> so like, you guys all have jobs? Yeah, we all have jobs. See, that's how we buy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm an actor. Wow. So uh, we then end up at Monica's job. So this is what I find really interesting about the first season or two of Friends is that you, you leave the friendship group and just follow one character in their own little life. Uh, so you see Monica at her job uh, with another extra character who they don't mention by name or anything. And they have a little conversation and there's some jokes in there and that, that's quite, quite nice. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see them interact with people other than each other because yeah. by the third season onwards... You've always got at least two to three of the friends together and they always know what each other's doing True. Uh, rather than their own lives, which is what they would have. Well, it was nice to see characters in a sitcom have jobs and actually go to work. Most of the time you watch a sitcom and you're like, how do people afford anything? Because we never see you doing anything other than being together or socialising. Yeah. Um, and obviously in that scene, we find out that Paul's inability to perform sexually was just a line. And Monica finds out from her workmate who takes credit for, for Paul being able to perform. And it was honestly, it wasn't a throwaway scene. It was, let's see her at work. She's got a job, makes her relatable. Then we get a nice little bit of information that feeds back later on. So yeah, let's listen to that one as well. How was Florida? You had sex, didn't 
didn't you? How did you do that? So, who? You know, Paul? Paul the wine guy? Oh, yeah, I know Paul. You mean you know Paul like I know Paul? Are you kidding? I take credit for Paul. You know, before me, there was no snap in his turtle for two years. Like, I have to wonder how well that sort of line works on, on women. I mean, it's just, I mean, I found many people you'd boast about. I suppose he plays it quite well. Yes. Um, you know, it's, he said to him, oh, we wouldn't need too personal to talk about. And then I suppose if you were going to be that kind of person, you'd be like, right, it's emotional vulnerability. Women like that. So, like, yeah, I guess it kind of would work, but you'd have to set it up the way Paul sets it up. It wouldn't just be, I can't get it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wouldn't be your opener. <laughs> no. No, you, you couldn't walk up to a, a woman at the pub, could you? And, uh... <laughs> I do, I'm impotent. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Please fix me. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not going to work. But, uh, yeah, so obviously Monica learns that uh, relationships can be pretty bad at times. So, you know, th- this is, this is quite, quite interesting. You, you, you see the friends go through different relationships over the series uh, and how they deal with each one. And, you know, the tables turn a lot as well, where, you know, the women or the men are in control and be like, no, I've broken up the relationship this time. It's not, it's not me failing. What I like about Paul the Wine Guy is that when they're discussing, is it a date earlier in the episode, everyone's like, it's Paul the Wine Guy? And clearly <laughs> it's someone Monica's mentioned before that she's got quite a crush on. And I quite like the, in this, the way that Monica's got this big idea of who Paul is in her head and everything seems to go really, really well. And then it turns out just how well do you know your crush? Because we all, you know, you all kind of, I guess, have this perfect idea of your crush in your head. And then, uh-oh, Monica, reality's just stepped in and kind of ruined your date. And we've all been there. Well, see, I wonder if, like, the, the whole wine guy is to symbolise something, whether it's, like, he's, he's into wine or if he works at a winery or something. Like, somewhere there's a bit of wealth or, you know, class there. Oh, I assume he just brought the wine oh, to just, the restaurant. Just, just trying to yeah, drink wine. I just assume he sold her, her restaurant wine. I was like, that's where she met him. Because I, I think now is probably more likely where you'd use titles for your first dates because you met them on Tinder or whatever. You know their first name only, and you're like, I need to... Define them somehow. <laughs> Who's your date with? Oh, I can't just say uh, no, Sarah, uh, 27. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, no. is, is Sarah the girl from the beach? Because that's the photo I saw. <laughs> yeah. The one at Crust. Yeah. Like, um, but this is where we get our first scene with Ross and Rachel together. So let's listen to that. You know, you probably didn't know this, but back in high school, I had a um, major crush on you. You did? Oh. I always figured you just thought it was Monica's geeky older brother. I did. Oh. (laughs) Listen, do you think... And try not to let my intense vulnerability become any kind of a factor here. (laughs) But do you think it would be okay if I asked you out sometime, maybe? So, yeah, that's our, our first, first intro to, to Ross kind of showing he likes Rachel. Yep. Um, it's, it's very much downplayed, I guess. Like, so, um, you know, he's, he's keeping it casual. He is. I mean, it, it, again, it, again, for me, it was very much like, oh, my God, look how open all these Americans are. It was just really weird to just blatantly express, like, I liked you back in the day. And 
guess I still do now, and it's like, wow, America. Like, as a British person, like, no. No, if, if you did that now, people, your your friend is now suddenly not your friend anymore. Yeah, it'd be really creepy if I'm like, so I liked you for decades. Yeah. How'd you do it? But like, no, we're not talking. Blocked. Yeah, because I've, I've realised that everything you've ever done for me is probably related to you liking me in that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess they, they haven't been close for years, so it's a little bit softened. But I actually, I imagine telling someone you've known for a long, long time that you had feelings from the entire time. Isn't it an easy thing to say or hear? No. But going to friends, it's just, yeah, we'll just drop it in while we eat some Oreos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's a weird time because obviously Ross has only just been uh, broken up with his wife, I guess, or the, the devastating news. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's jumping the gun quite quickly, which he does do in later episodes as well. But, you know, for, for how he's like so kind of devastated. Yeah, and then it, it, it does to me because he's it's, it's like, he, can I ask you about at some point? Maybe it's a really weird thing to ask somebody yeah. because she's like, "Yeah, sure," and it's like, "Well, that's really vague." Like, where do you, where do you go from there? But uh, it, it works well because he doesn't ask her out for you know quite a few series, and there there is always a reason uh, why he doesn't. Whether it's been attacked by a cat or an ex boyfriend turns up or whatever. Paolo, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, hated Paolo. <laughs> and and you know the the writers even said like you know we had to keep finding new inventive ways to stop him basically asking her out. Yeah, because they, they've given. Ross the character and Rachel's giving Ross the you know the character the green light ask me out yeah and then it's like why aren't you like she told you you could yeah but I think we've, we've probably all been in that situation where we're like I should have asked them out then like yeah that was the time hindsight's 20 <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah so he's, he's quite casual but we get a nice look into you know the hint of what's to come I guess but I, I guess as an episode though it's it's fairly laid back it's a pilot it's just to introduce you to the characters no, I feel it does a really good job of getting, giving you a sense of who everyone is. Not, you know, 100% detailed, going to stick this way forever, but you definitely leave the first episode feeling like you know who the friends are yeah. and what their roles are in the group and who's this. You know, you're like, oh, who's the funny one? You'd be like, Chandler. Who's the, you know, you, you know who's a, what everyone's role is. Yeah. So it's, and, you know, as a show, it's fairly funny. It's not up to the heights of later episodes, but that's never going to be the case for especially the first episode. Your first episode is always a, a tough one to, to get going, and even the first season, because nothing's set in stone yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a nice introduction. So I think we've gone through the, the episode there, but there's quite a few little facts and things to talk about as well. Some trivia. Yeah, because there, there's, there's quite a lot of history um, that we thought we'd like cram into this first episode, um, because it's, it's more related to the introduction of Friends, right? Uh, so originally... Um, the show had a different name. Uh, so it had Insomnia Cafe, which I mentioned before, which was based on an actual cafe that, that the writers saw. Um, it's Wait, also, that's an actual name of a cafe. It's yeah. an awful name for the show. It's a terrible name for a cafe. I, I don't know. It makes sense if the cafe's open 24 hours. If it's only open 9 till 6, it doesn't kind of work. But I don't know. I don't think I'd want to go somewhere that's named after a disorder. Because <laughs> <laughs> it puts me off. Like, welcome to Epilepsy Swing Pools. Like, no. <laughs> uh, it was also called, at one point, Friends Like Us. I get what they're going for with that title. You know, yeah. like, relate to us, but it's just not needed, is it? Just friends works better. Like, like, like Germany for TV shows and video games and whatever, a one or two word title works the best. So friends, okay, I know what it is. As soon as you go Insomnia Cafe or Friends Like Us, it starts to have a, a different meaning, I guess. Yeah. Like imagine if it was called Insomnia Cafe, like would we be saying, oh, you need to check out Insomnia Cafe? Yeah, would I have watched it? Like if I saw that in the TV guide, would I have been like, ooh, I'm like, nah. Nah. Um, Chandler was actually meant to be a cereal snacker. 
<laughs> is that a character trait? <laughs> so, 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 yeah, there, there's quite a few different character traits. I won't go through them all, but yeah, he was meant to be a serial snacker. Um, I think Joey took on that role. Definitely. Yeah, more, more like cereal full meals because he's always eating. Yeah. But, but yeah, what, what weird thing, I, I'm a transponder and I'm a serial snacker. <laughs> like, yeah, just, just weird. Um, Rachel was going to have a different name from Rachel Green. She's going to be Rachel Robbins. Sounds awful. Yeah. Uh, don't know why the change, but there's a change I mean, there. I like some alliteration, but not in this instance. Uh, and then also, as I mentioned earlier, Monica was going to be way more reluctant uh, to reconnect with Rachel. So Rachel just basically invites her around saying, oh, maybe I can stay with you. And Monica's like, uh, I guess so. Yeah, we've established she's staying with Monica. And it's yeah. like, yeah, all right. Uh, and, you, and you can see she's not comfortable with it, uh, but she was going to be much more reluctant, which makes sense to me uh, because they hadn't clearly spoken for a while. She's not invited to the wedding and you know it's not going to be a small wedding, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they said, what, it cost. In the second episode, you find out that they spent 40 grand on the wedding. Yeah. So that's, not, that's a lot of cash. Um, so, yeah, so... <laughs> I guess, I guess it could have worked either way, but then I guess if you say, yeah, you can't stay with us, how does that dynamic work? The episode doesn't kind of flow then. Yeah, you need, you need to suspend some disbelief just for the show to work. Like, if the show had just been, go away, Rachel. Like, oh, there you go. <laughs> it ruins the whole show. Uh, so, obviously, Rachel uh, tries to find herself a job, right? Yep. Uh, she goes through, like, 12 different job interviews, and one of those interviews, uh, Chandler was meant to be the interviewee, or interviewer. Interviewer. Um, which would have been weird, uh, but may- maybe there could have been some funny jokes there of like him just going, no. Yeah, like a person I've just met, I'm not giving you a job. Yeah. It'd be a bit weird, but I don't know. Because it- they obviously did that as well with Joey working for Chandler. Yeah. Um, so that, there's a lot of stuff in here that I'll mention that, that didn't make it into the pilot, but they do reuse yeah, in like different ways. Phoebe's an extra on Day- is it Days of Our Lives with Joey. Yeah. And it's just awful. It's a little, the episode's hilarious, but she's awful at what she's doing. And it's like, they get a lot of mileage out of the idea, I suppose. Uh, and also, Carol uh, was meant to uh, appear at the end of the episode telling Ross she was pregnant. So that was meant to be like the big uh, cliffhanger. Thing, yeah. um, it doesn't need it. No. Well, it's nice that it ends on like a, a soft little moment. I mean, because as Ross is leaving the apartment after asking Rachel if he can ask her out at some point, Monica comes back out of bedroom and says, oh, you know, what are you doing? And it's like, I grabbed a spoon, which is what yeah. Joey says, told him to do in their apartment earlier on. And to me, that was nice. It was like, you've had this essentially traumatic episode where one of your characters has been lied to by a man and slept with and essentially abandoned. Um, one character has abandoned her husband at the altar. So it's been quite a traumatic episode. So it was nice to end on like a sweet note. Yeah, because you're, you're like, okay, I want to see where these characters go and to, to get a little bit more from them in future. Uh, whereas if it was like, I'm pregnant, dun dun dun. Yeah, like, like, it's nice to have like a, <gasps> but at the same time, you know, me going, oh, that's cute. <laughs> it's yeah. going to make me want to go back. Exactly. Um, and looking at some like the, the critic reviews, uh, most were either, this is all right, or just downright wrong about the show. Um, so yeah, most of them were like, oh, it's a, it's a comedy show with a bunch of people. It's not super highbrow, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the critics is, is very down on the show, uh, talking about how witless the creators are and mentions their previous shows and stuff like that. Um, I guess, that, like we said, from the episode, it's, it's a nice episode, but there's nothing where you're, you're grabbed. It's not like a Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones where, where you're like, I need to find out what happens next. It's a nice casual introduction to, to a comedy show. Yeah, I think that's part of why Friends longevity is where it is. Because if you do have one of those shows that's purely kind of next episode cliffhanger next episode 
there's very little reason to rewatch it because you're like, well, I've no, I know the cliffhangers now. What's, what's the point? Whereas just getting to know the friends and then feeling like people you could actually know is probably why we're still sat here watching friends making this podcast because those characters became a part of our lives. Yeah. Whereas will people watch Game of Thrones in 10, 15 years? I don't think so. No, like you think of like Lost and stuff like that. Yes, people still mention Lost, but no one's going, oh, I'm doing a full run through a Lost again because I really enjoyed that. And I'm going to... Yeah, I don't know anyone on the watch running goes, oh, you know what, Ryan, you're such a Jon Snow. Yeah. Where the amount of time people be like, you're a bit like Chandler. And I'll be like, I always see myself as Russell or whatever. But you, you'll meet people, you'll go, she's a Phoebes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, actually, that's probably something we should, we, we should actually say. Which character do you most relate with? See, I think I'm most like Chandler. I'd probably say if I now thinks I'm more like Ross. Okay. I, I would say... I would say probably be less Chandler and probably more closer towards Jury. Just more the, the, the friend who's always there to help you sort of thing. That's quite sweet. Definitely not the success of the latest <laughs> no, part. No. <laughs> when you said Jury, I was like, don't know how Mark's getting this from. <laughs> uh, but you're certainly not neurotic like Ross. Um, I, and I guess for me, I, I probably more closely associate with Chandler. Yeah, your, your, your humour is very sardonic, sardonic <laughs> and witty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd probably say Chandler's a pretty good one. This is where we do the rest of our friendship group. No one listens to it privately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, though. Like, you say this to be like, oh, you're such a Rachel. And people go, no, I'm not. Yeah, they know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not, oh, no, I'm not taking the nice parts of Rachel and things like that. It's like, no, I know the bit you mean about Rachel perfectly. No, I'm not that. It just fits the context. I guess we could do a whole episode of this at some point. But one thing that has been quite interesting with streaming services and Netflix and similar ones is... We're the kind of OG Friends audience. We watched it as it came out and growing up. And it was formative in you know, our lives. And then you've got the people that have come to it on streaming. And there's been a lot of talk recently around how Friends is terrible and should be cancelled because it's not woke enough. And there's all these issues that people see as problematic that we didn't at the time. But yeah, it'd be quite interesting to go into that at some point. Well, yeah, because this episode, like we've already mentioned, is quite progressive for the time um, in terms of like some of its themes there. At the same time, you can look at it and be like, oh, well, you know, there's a lot of negative stuff in there um, as well for, for current generation. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it's, it's tough to, to discuss because of the time it was when it was released and the time it is now. Like, yeah, things always move on. Yeah. Like, would, would people consider Joey kind of predatory nowadays as opposed to just Yeah, the Me, the me Too the generation, yeah. yeah like. um, but at the same time, you know, you've, you've got the, the women out there who are, you know, they are going after the men in the show. And, you know, whereas before it'd be like, no, you have to be the quiet woman waiting for the, the men to come to you sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's a tough one to discuss, and I think we'll, we'll tread like a, a little bit of a fine line with it. Yeah. Um, but well, it'll be an interesting discussion. I on most things, depending on your perspective, you can pick bits you want to support any argument you want. Yes. Like with any media, you can always find something to back yourself up if you want to make the argument. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think we're, we're basically there for our first episode. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to be back every single week going through every episode. Uh, we've got loads of other fun things planned for the future. I don't know when we'll do them, but we'll do them at some point. So we've got like quiz games, uh, got the wicked wengo board game so we'll give that a try uh we'll discuss uh, friends fest if you've ever been to that so i've been to that a few times i haven't but i do want to go i don't know why i've never been but i just haven't got around to it um there is there is a ton of content out there for for friends beyond the tv shows um which we think is probably worth talking about at some point um but yeah hopefully you'll you'll tune back in next week 
you know, you can find us on iTunes and Apple Play and or Google Play or whatever. All the all the podcast places. The usual podcast if you're place. listening to us now, you don't need to find us again, really, do you? Yeah, you've already found us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but do tell your friends about us. Uh, do join some of the friends groups on Facebook and tell them to to listen to us uh, because there's lots of people like us out there. I think. Yep. Um, so yeah, until next time. Uh, leave it there. See you later. Bye-bye.